And we are alive. So what are you cooking this week, Sam, seeing as you can do that? And I just sort of throw meat at the oven and try not to poison myself. It's uh, Morgan's birthday tomorrow, so I'm making Korean fried chicken. I ordered the uh, the, the batter mix straight from, um, well, not from Korea, actually, but like I, I ordered it from online and uh, some gochujang, too. So I'm going to make the sauce. I'm going to make the whole thing. I already made, I made today I made a carrot cake. It's uh, It's their favorite. So that's just... Kind of saying there, we don't really have anything to decorate it with. It's going to be a little bit very of a cool, very down cool. Occasion. And for those of you who are not in the know, Morgan is uh, Sam's partner, an individual that has been hiding bodies beneath his backyard over the last year or so. And every week, you know, Sam tries to be a good uh, boyfriend partner, or whatever, and you know, dissolve those bodies and lie, tell the right lies to the local police officers, really keep the balance of the relationship going. Uh, my main target are animators that uh, graduate from Cal Arts. Sam considers Beanface to be a sin on par with the execution of President Kennedy. I gotta tell you, it, it's uh, neither of these two things had a uh, good lasting impact on the world, so um, so, you know, the, the comparison could be made. I don't know, I don't think anyone from the Castro family got any uh, joy out of the Midnight Gospel or whatever, so you could say that one has done I more damage than the other. Didn't. At least someone. There's a whole political axis that got joy out of Kennedy biting it. Uh, this, this is true. Uh, honestly, there are multiple political axes that did, both on the left and right, which is kind of interesting. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the people who aren't fucking bored of this yet. I, I, I don't know why they keep wanting more of these fucking notebook sketch ass bean faced ovals moving around on a screen motherfucker I'm just so tired I mean one of the main obstacles to people losing weight I think we've been over this before but once you've been eating the same thing for a while force of habit is more of a driving force than even any real addiction like you just have become used to life being this experience this sensation and it's almost like something's being taken away from you if the Thundercats don't have bean faces, you know? I don't want to talk about Thundercats for very much. I'd uh I'd rather talk about literally anything else. Anything? Because if we talk about fucking Thundercats Roar, then I'm going to start thinking about Thundercats twenty eleven and you know what was fucking stolen from us. The fucking uh, it could have been Avatar good. It really could have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. It really stinks when you have that kind of thing yanked away from you. And There was something fucking there. And we got Dragon Prince instead, which is not terrible, but... Ugh. I saw that 2011 reboot and thought, oh, there might be something here. And a few years later, I got divorced after about a month of marriage. And I really think I lost a lot more potential joy from that Thundercats bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it fucking... God damn it. Like when I weigh that relationship, I'm just gonna keep fucking grumbling. I'm not even going to make any point, really. I'm just so fucking sick of circles, and I'm so sick of ukuleles, specifically those two things. I have trouble. I understand the sort of theory behind the aesthetic appeal of the, most of the Calarts things visually, right? The fucking ukulele thing that owns a certain type of person. In music and in cartoon media, whatever, just ukulele core, you can call it that certain cloying 
approach. I just cannot understand why you look at a worse version of acoustic guitar and say, now this, <laughs> this is what I'm going to bring to parties. I think part of me wants to argue that the ukulele and the sound that it makes is as non-threatening and non-challenging as possible, which, you know, is the same thing that you could say about the CalArts art style, right? Um, although I do know that the CalArts art style sort of is, it exists because of this sort of ethos behind the CalArts method, which is, um, uh, mm. in essence, the idea is that they want, the belief is that a character design should be as simple and as easy to recognize as possible, right? So, um, Oh, so everyone easiest. should just be a colored blotch when you get down to it. Like, everyone just gets one color per character. And, and the idea is, like, at least within this show, if, like, someone looks kind of like a rounded-off triangle and someone looks kind of like a rounded-off rectangle and if someone looks vaguely like an oval, right? And, and you know, you, and you turn them into silhouettes, you can... Yeah, you can definitely recognize each of them from their silhouettes. That doesn't make their character designs interesting or entertaining, though. It just makes them... Yeah, I guess recognizable, but that's... Present? Yeah, yeah, it makes... Let me try that again. I'm trying to come up with a colorful metaphor here to illustrate why you're kind of only going, not even a halfway, but a quarter of the way. And I can recognize that, I don't know, a dish has onions in it from the smell of onions, but it still has to taste half decent. If that makes sense. I like that. At least brings us full circle for me starting with the food, mostly because I'm hungry. I don't know. I don't. I don't schedule things very well. I've been. Um. I made pork agrodolce a couple of days ago, and what I've been doing is just like kind of spooning a couple of chunks every couple of hours into a little into a little mug, just heating that up in the microwave, and that's just been meals for me. Cool. In my bored quarantine existence, I tried wrapping bacon around a carrot. Well, if the carrot was, like, cooked in butter or something like that, then I, I feel like th there's something there. But did, did you cook the carrot first? Let's say yes. Let's say I'm a very smart <laughs> person that thinks about different aspects of his palate and at least broiled that fucking carrot before I wrapped bacon around it instead of just, I don't know. I was just a culinary version of a kid with a fork just staring at a socket, and it slowly gravitates more closely towards it. Speaking of kids and things you shouldn't fucking do, let's talk about Assassin's Pride. That's show one today, kids. It's Assassin's Pride. Which uh, came so out, by the way, way more recently than I thought. Like, I thought this was hot on the heels of Aeromanga Sensei for reasons that will become apparent. But No, this is just like last year, perhaps the year before. Honestly, I feel like we're a little bit late to the game on this one because um, all the various, you know, anime personalities on YouTube and Twitter and such have already had their hot takes about this show. But um, I wanted mine. It's always fun to get your, you know, your, your turn at the local punching bag or, you know, in mixed martial arts, they call a match that you're guaranteed to win easily a jobber, if you will. They call them a can a can? Okay. Yeah, like and you things have, this have been in the very can? positive on this program. So I thought, what if I just opened up two real nutritious protein-full cans? The second one's uh, going to be Big Order. And what I appreciate about these two shows is that they are very, very different shows that are nonetheless equally bad. It's kind of interesting uh, that they are somewhat both the same reaction. as trend-chasing as they are, and you would call them both 
action fantasies, but they are very different beasts. Of I mean, for for starters, they are yeah chasing the coattails of two different things. Um, this you know, for instance, is chasing the coattails equally of I want to say Sword Art Online, which continues to be the fucking serpent in the Garden of Eden. Of you know, like shitty anime in the twenty. It's not the serpent in the garden because we didn't fucking learn anything. It made us dumber. We forgot shit. I would argue that we didn't learn anything then either. We learned shame, and if we learned shame, then this show wouldn't be half comprised of ass shots of prepubescence. Oh yeah, no, uh, total pedo bait show. That's uh, that's like a thing with this. It's um, felt dirtier than usual watching it usually at the very least the you know all the fucking cheesecake i have to sit through is of you know 17 year old girls which is you know i guess slightly less illegal than this um but uh no so that's that that's the other part that's that that's the mahu sensei nagima you know in this thing's uh influence i think like ken akamatsu is also to blame for this somewhat in terms of other franchises, moving parts, I think there's a large Black Butler influence on this. For those of you who never heard of Black Butler, this was a middling show about a kid with a butler that was also a demon. I think the whole show exists because someone thought of the pun, I'm a hell of a butler. At least or, it's the English something. version of the pun. The, the Japanese version is like some kind of play on butler being spelt like demon whatever but wait no you didn't just come up with like that's actually like a thing in that's the a show. thing in the dub it's i'm a hell of a butler and in, in okay in japanese it's like this okay that's like slightly better pun but still awful and the whole show basically exists because of that that's great i was about to, i was about to almost say fair's fair on black butler because at least in black butler the kid did something here the kid is just a fucking weepy mobla Moblob might not be fair because she is way more discomfortingly detailed and sexualized than that. That's true. Um, yeah, the uh, the there idea are angles with and the character designs. Be. The the deal with the character designs of the uh, of the female characters on this show is not um, it's not cute girls doing cute things. It's um, it's the other thing that makes you feel like you're committing a misdemeanor at least by watching this show. Oh, it's a hard ass felony. I'm gonna start off a little more broad context. Like we did, we gave some broad shots, but just a, a, li- a little conceptual summary, just to. Oh yeah, and I actually feel like I'm selling the premise of this thing short because it's fucking stupid in a <laughs> very entertaining way. Like this is criminally dumb. Go ahead. So we're in a world where the last thing that exists is a vaguely Renaissance city-state called. It has Flan in it. I think it's Flandore. I don't care. The point is that Flander. there's, there's only one city left. Sort of post-medieval level technology. And it exists in like... It looks like a big candelabrum floating above a weird desecrated wasteland. I'm going go to go to the fucking Wikipedia page You ever seen here. bad Just... Bloodborne fan art? Yeah, yeah. A lot of us... Aesthetically, it's not like that. Like someone who's only watched Nagima draws Bloodborne fan art. And that's what the city looks like. So we follow this guy named Kufa Vampir. A and man that's who, his actual fucking name. Yeah. Yeah, it is his actual name. After I heard his fucking name, we actually had to pause the show because I spent 
I want to say a solid 2.5 minutes laughing. Which would be greatly to its credit if it was a comedy. Like, that would bring it into fucking... Maybe not prison school, but like a Zetsubo sensei kind of tier. I remember that was definitely the uh, that was definitely the most entertained I was at any point in watching this show was learning this motherfucking asshole's name, um, and the second most entertained I was was learning the name of his charge, uh, the the thirteen year old uh, uh, that he's you know been sent to a train or something like that, and her name is Melita Angel. So like, get it? Yeah, we are. <sighs> We are sitting on the nose until it breaks. Like, the nose needs reconstructive plastic surgery on this show. All right, so this guy's whole bit per title is that he is an assassin, which has, in the drift of time and Ubisoft games, just become a word for cool guy. Fighting guy. Fighting guy. Maybe maybe they fight a little bit more up close than others, and that's... uh, that's it's been the the term has been diluted, shall we say? Yeah. So he's supposed to supervise and under certain conditions kill off this thirteen year old, which you know, you think that take you like a weekend, maybe you case the joint hitman shadow whatever style. I think okay, so here here's here's what I gathered the premise is. The idea is that Melita Angel is the scion of this fairly powerful family and all of these Domed cities with trains and shit. I don't know. It's a very confusing. Oh, oh yes, setting. indeed. Dynastic politics. It, there's a thing that things do where they like hint towards the existence of sort of dynastic feudal power struggle, but they just do not feel like putting in any of the work of doing that J.R. Martin shit where you do not sketch feel these like out. or intellectually incapable of. Because I feel like it might edge towards the latter. Um. And so his whole thing is that he's supposed to train this girl to be good at mana because they couldn't just fucking call it magic, I guess, um, and kill her if he cannot get something out of her. Uh, but he, you know, like does or whatever, and then refers to her as his uh, little lady uh, in in English. Uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not going to do an offensive Japanese accent here, but you just imagine it in your head. It's really fucking funny. It is very funny. What's funnier is that the screen goes all pink and they both get let's make out face and it just slowly dials up the fucking Amber Alerts from there. Gonna gonna continue reminding y'all she's 13. He's above 20. That's like His age is kept sort of vague, but like he's... Seems to have been in the game long enough to have had a history with this other character, so I'm putting him at least at 25. And honestly, he's older than 15, and this is weird. So, um, so yeah, we're we're in a bad territory. When we did the fucking worst of list, I described Aeromanga Sensei as a show by pedophiles for pedophiles. I'm gonna vastly that one for Assassin's Pride, and that Assassin's Pride is a show made to put pedophiles to sleep because it's also fucking boring most of the time. <laughs> Uh, it is. I think, I, I think almost it, it's it's almost kind of disappointing how boring it is because I want this to be the sort of thing that makes me angrier when watching it, and it like it does to a point. But mostly, I'm just wondering why it's not trashier. I guess if that makes sense. Like, remember when we covered um 
when we covered Domestic Girlfriend, right? Right, right, yeah. We, thought, I was, we thought we were heading straight into that genre of madness by the descriptions of this show. And this one, everything is mostly very Mostly they just sit around not being animated. Boring. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's a shame because when you get into the meat of it, it's all really entertainingly stupid. Um, you kind of hope that there's less really fucking obvious breaks in animation you know sort of like that thing that happens in you know anime where they're not using their budget very intelligently and yep. you'll just have people kind of standing around stiff as a board for about like you know like three to eight seconds at a time and then you know like the next shot is someone doing the same thing for three to eight seconds and you know they say at one another that there's a whole lot of that there's a whole in this show. lot of that there's a whole lot of accounting rocking back and forth saying we can't afford it afford it. what the fuck are we gonna do what the fuck are we gonna do guys and it's half of the reason that all of the fighting stuff in the show feels completely lifeless oh all the, the other fighting half in the is show the situation feels and the system and the it's a really bad sign when all the context makes all your action worse so i've been trying to nail down exactly the line between an interesting application of in medias res where there is a whole system behind this and they drop you into it and you're fine with it and it works for whatever reason. And this where they drop you into this big complicated, you know, like battle magic fighting shonen sign and whatever the fuck system. And it doesn't work at all. And it just feels tiresome. Um, Honestly, it might not even be the application of in medias res. Like maybe... The idea of using it is fine. It's just that the content isn't there behind it. I think about, think about like foreshadowing instead of in medias res. It's foreshadowing is cool when I don't know you're foreshadowing a something interesting. I say I don't know setting of Star Wars or some bullshit. Here you foreshadow just more pederasty, and it's just gonna feel painful. Now this is gonna frustrate me if I don't nail it down right because. You get a show like, I don't know, we were just watching Kill a Kill or whatever, right? And, you know, it, it, as early as the first episode, uh, our first one, two episodes, we, we start hearing about, like, life fibers and shit like that, right? Um, now, yes, I get that, like, you know, Ryuko is being introduced to the idea of life fibers, as are we. And that probably helped somewhat, because everyone in this setting seems to know everything about the setting already, and it's just... It's just the viewers, you know, just sitting down in the classroom to learn. It's interesting how stilted that makes the dialogue about the concepts, by the way. Like, the fact that everyone in this conversation knows about mana, but they are defining mana in encyclopedia terms for the slow children in the back, I guess. And it's it's very weird. I think there's this there's this way that the whole action plays out where, yes, they're explaining it to you, but oddly and paradoxically, they also seem to expect you to understand it already because oh you've seen enough anime you know how this works this you know you know it's the glowy magic right you know they say a thing they start glowing purple or whatever it's like, come on we're, we're them, doing you know, the like, shaman king thing you get it fuck ill-defined power or whatever right and it's like it's, it's exceedingly fucking boring and immediately turns you off to it right um and then they explain it anyway so i think the um <laughs> oh god has left this place i think it's the laziness uh, that has something to do with it. Like it's um, there is no sort of attempt to uh, create any sense of um, mystery or wonder, right? You know, like this, you're supposed to take so much of this setting and the things in it on faith. Um, I, I have a darker answer for you. 
Uh, all right, go for it. In terms of the balance of like fantasy execution elements to other content in this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, back in my edumacation, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the mechanics of like your standard fantasy novel, how you drip things in slowly and constructing this world, building a certain type of momentum, a certain type of engagement. And this show puts that kind of effort in, but not into building the fantasy, but into slowly cranking up the dial on this guy banging this teenager. Sorry, preteen. Preteen. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna... It is far more invested in winter-may relationship building than it is mm. in the mechanics of its fantasy setting. It does seem like the mechanics of the fantasy are um, somewhat incidental to what you're all really here for, right, fellas? Imagine Twilight with way worse goals and core audience. Like, instead of fucking harmless pandering to teenage girls... I've just become aware of the um the audio commentary uh for Twilight on its DVD or whatever and <sighs> we were unfair to Rob Pattinson in 2008. We really were. That that fucking guy. You should hear him just fucking shoot on this movie as he, you know, like collects a paycheck. Dude, let's make a night of this. Can uh, that be a Weebo Hell supplemental? <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind um I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. I, I like I I think I I had some fucking take about this, you know, a while ago. How I 2008 Sam would be utterly disgusted with 2020 Sam telling him that Robert Pattinson is now one of his favorite actors. Just like, oh, I knew you'd be a dude. Fucking if you think seller. that's mean, 2008 Denard look at 2020 Denard and say you're only on phase six. The operation <laughs> demands a higher effort. Give me your pinky. I'm not giving my pinky. Cut it off. I'm not Give giving it. my fucking pinky. <laughs> you need to learn. You need to be educated. You need to be disciplined. Look, kid, do you want, like, a white claw? Or what the fuck is a white claw? <laughs> I wonder when exactly hard seltzer happened. Like, when it... Not not when it caught on, but... When was the first hard seltzer? It had... That's a great question. It had to have been that- sometime in the last decade right you know the last half decade even you know i don't have that time lined out i know i bought one for the first time maybe two or three years ago i want to say maximum three years ago yeah because i was skeptical at first of the idea of a hard seltzer and then like i embraced the idea of 100 calories and maybe i just the, the price is just, I feel kind of like a lame asshole when I'm getting drunk. But, like, I'm already a lame asshole, so... I'm fine with being a lame asshole. I'm fine with being a, a lame asshole that weighs less. You only want so much of the world to be assholes of a lame variety. Otherwise, the whole world just smells like ass. <laughs> We've gotten off topic because this show is kind of boring, and that's like it's... No, it's not its its not its greatest sin. The pedo shit hard, is definitely its, its greatest sin. bronze medal on its list of sins is the boredom, I would say. One other thing that I wanted to bring up about this thing is the fucking, um, another part of the Sword Art Online slash Isekai influence on this. Like, even though this is not an Isekai show, you could fucking smell the Isekai on its breath. Oh, you can see the fucking because... fang prints. It's like, it's, you know how you can just find a werewolf by instinct in more interesting fantasy settings. Like, there's the Predator's Taint in World of Darkness mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. You can just smell the formalist taint of Isekai on this one. 
you can smell it on this one specifically because it has like a diegetic class system like Kufa Vampire's class is samurai. Someone else's class is paladin. Um, and they they say this out loud. It's not like it's just a bit of text appears on the screen or whatever. They're like, no, this is something to, that is understood in world to be a thing. Dude, um, I got so mad. I'm trying to figure out how I can best illustrate how fucking damaging it is to a uh, a fantasy setting's believability when you start incorporating elements from interactive you know, people might um, give a shit for the word believability i think the right term is engagement like just your ability to engagement, yeah. play ball and enjoy what is happening and whenever someone uses fucking diegetic rpg i'm i'm misusing the word diegetic whatever whenever someone uses just hard rpg language in some kind of live passive media it just completely risen out like i understand for a second what it's like to be jim cornette watching most things <laughs> well for, for me it's it's like i'm kind of doused with ice water right and uh immediately whatever i'm watching whether it be isekai or not like this this it's it's not isekai but it's isekai enough right um that it immediately starts to feel like I'm just watching someone play a video game. Um, and I hate that feeling, and I don't know why anyone wouldn't. Um, and that's, like, one of the main reasons that Isekai just does not fucking work for me, or at all, honestly. I, um, I'm gonna... I'm gonna, I'm gonna break my own rule here. I mean, I've already been breaking my, my own rule here. We have rules. Because, like... Well, one of my personal rules is to say not that it sucks, but that I don't like it. Um, but no, Isekai sucks. Uh, so does this. Um, and <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. I have part, no part such reason why is because that of that Isekai sucks, and so does this. For my fucking media values, it's the equivalent of the voice actors reading the parts of their script that are not their lines. Like if they just started saying, "Int." Classroom. <laughs> Kirito, a useless asshole that holds two swords, strides in, smiling for no good reason. No, for, for, for me, it's, it's a little bit that, certainly. And, and like, I, I think that's a good point right there. Um, it's also this... So here's the thing. When you include a class or mechanics system, right... In a show that is, you know, decidedly not interactive, right? Mm-hmm. Anime is a non-interactive medium. Um, unless, you know, there, there was some fucking Colin thing like Death of a Family but that, or Death in the Family. But that, uh, to my knowledge, has never happened. But even even then, that's not interactive enough, right? right. When, there, when you are dealing with an uninteractive medium or a non-interactive medium, and then you include elements that exist because of the fact that you're in an interactive medium for instance stats or a class system or you know shit like that right um a mana meter shit like that um and you include that in a non-interactive medium you are making it feel like i am dealing with an interactive medium but i'm not able to interact with it so I am feeling very much like I am watching someone play a video game. That is kind of the point that I've been trying to make here this whole time. The, uh, the you know, Isekai is watching someone play a fucking boring ass, you know, like one of the, 
one of the lesser, you know, Dragon Quest games, right? And um, when, when you include diegetic class systems, you're doing the same fucking thing. Yeah, don't reduce your fucking anime to a fucking let's play a Final Fantasy 13. And, like, I hate these fucking bland this-is-you characters, so I do not feel like it's me playing this bland fucking Dragon Quest-ass game. Um, so... You're not doing yourself any favors by having it be, you know, bland every man who all the girls want to fuck and he has a really cool power or stupid shit like that. Like, it, it just makes, it's just, you're actively working against engagement here. If, um, if I could... It pulls me out of it more and more and more. If I could pull us away from the video game thing for a sec before we go to our next show, because I just want to talk about this during our time here. Oh, sure, yeah, this this fucking show. Yeah, honestly, we're not doing this show justice. Like, I, I think I got caught up on one thing but there's a dozen more that we could have gone into too i just need to talk about how it's just drizzled in and maybe i should say was foreshadowed because kufa vampire is a vampire in fact he's a half vampire he is a half vampire and i started to choke and nearly die so i respect this show on one level in that it almost killed me and that takes balls he's also a lycanthrope it's very important that he like, is an assassin, half vampire, part lycanthrope. Lycanthrope. Like I, I love the list that you can kind of create with his fucking identity here. It's this show should be more entertaining than it is. He, I, this this should be a nouns. great hate watch. Like if, honestly, this show could go from a hard zero point five to a three or four if they just. Took the camera off the little girl ass for some time, and they uh they're loath to do that. By the way, there's a uh, it's deeply anytime they need to fill five seconds, like they point the camera at this thirteen year old girl's ass, and I just sort of tried to politely look away from my laptop screen while we were actually. If I can make a really gross point about this show, <sighs> sure, it's not as fixated on little girl ass as little girl center like flat. It's it's gross. It's bad. It's like it's real fucking gross. And if if that's the reason that you were watching this show, then I don't want to know you. And I hope you stop listening to us because I don't want you listening to us. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not that hard uh, of a fucking viewership. Get help. However, it's not a if sexuality. you are the kind it's of moron, illness. if you are the type of moron that watches Big Order, please stay. You sound fun. I want to know what your life is like. I want to know who you are, and I want to know why you enjoy the things you do. Uh, because I think you might. There's a chance you're a mad genius, and I'd love to know more about you. Because fucking Big Order is, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so its own thing. I think if you're a fan of Big Order, you're actually smarter than me. Like you just take this information and you just fill in everything that this show just decided to not do. Like your brain doesn't like, autopilot. I understand. Like you are an evolved creature that can just take nonsense and find meaning. Like you're you're solving algorithms with your ascended mind. I think you might be the Chad and I might be the Virgin. Because uh, honest to fucking god, um, Big Order is a show by um. Or is a manga, right? Uh, was a manga. I think is a manga by the hell is his name? Uh, Sakai Isuno, um, who is the dude who did um, oh what the fuck is it called? Future Diary, right? Um, a lot of Future so that's, Diary that... echoes with us lately. Just uh, so many, so many dominoes, and where we are now. Yeah. 
interesting that. Um, and, and Future Diary, right, was pretty good manga, as I remember. I think I read a good amount of it. Um, and I guess because he had Future Diary clout, he was able to get this fucking thing published. And I guess <sighs> for what's better or for worse, about um, this guy as a writer is that it seems whether his thing lives or dies is based on whether he is on the pulse or just behind it. Because on this one, he's just behind it, and just the whole th- the whole house of cards collapses into chaos. What's interesting is that um, Future Diary, right? It got its manga adaptation after the uh, manga had been around for quite a number of years. I think it was actually pretty close to wrapping up, or already had at least, uh, perhaps, by uh, the time it got its anime adaptation. Now, I don't really know um, about... Uh, no, I'm checking right now. No, the manga actually, it was 10 volumes. It is uh, it is either wrapped up or was canceled. I'm not really sure. But um, this fucking thing, what, where do I even begin? It would be a real understatement to call this a mess. Because I, I guess a mess implies a certain type of randomness, whereas here there is a lot of very specific information and executions. and Everything looks just like animated enough for i don't feel like they rush it it's just like they don't know what the fuck they're doing it's it's incredible like i wrote down the line where everything permanently collapsed into itself like i wasn't doing well before this but the second that well there is certainly an order to grand order certainly big order um, big or grand order is a whole other fucking big or grand yeah no it's another shitty thing that i hate no i don't hate this i think it would be it'd be wrong to say that i hated this this is it was entertaining. It was entertaining, but l- let me get this line in the world. Just, I'm Kuranai Rin, an assassin sent to kill you. <laughs> when they say- I think that's when this show had me, is like that moment right there. And- like, I might just finish the fucking thing. It's only 10 episodes. I think you've got to, like, Big Order only happens once. Uh, Big Order is a show, and... Okay, so the whole premise of it, and, um... Don't worry if you get lost here because that's <laughs> that's just that's just proof that you're still sane. Um, the the idea is that at some point in you know in the next year or two or something like that, you know you you get these people called orders are introduced into the world, and they're people with you know stands. Um, yep. We're not. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. It's it's basically that. Iraqi's um, going to start and, fucking suing people eventually. Like we we reached the. Density. He seems to just be honored to be as influential as he is. I'm. I that, that that's the only explanation I can think of as to why he hasn't gone fucking litigation litigation crazy. So you've got orders, right? Which you know stand users, except the world knows about them, right? And in JoJo, it was always kind of understood that you know people like. It's not at the top of the newspaper. Do not fucking notice stand users ever in this no they uh they figure that shit out immediately and one of them is uh our protagonist his name is ag um his um his whole deal is that um his stand whatever his order his order has the power to deflate narrative tension because it can control all people and objects at some ideas, as far as I can tell, in anywhere he has walked. Okay, so that is that is the basic premise on the ground right now, uh, right? It's just that is the world that we're living in. And um, at some point, he used his power um, in a way that caused a... 
I guess you could call it a minor apocalypse. Like, civilization just took a really big shit. Um, and now we're living in the aftermath of that, you know, some 10 years later or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, he just like nudged some tectonic plates or whatever the fuck. And, uh, people aren't happy. Uh, there was some implication. I don't think the show is really going back to this cause it's sprinting from concept to concept. Like it's on Quaaludes, but the first episode lays the foundations of some fucking X-Men discontent with the orders. Yeah, that if they ever explore that, it's um, it's gonna be way later because they lay those foundations or they allude to that, and then it's kind of, it seems kind of forgotten about just a little bit. Um, I think I almost feel like I'm misleading people describing this stuff as the premise of Big Order because this stuff is the premise of the first episode of Big Order. Of the, Big the, Order, the yeah. The second episode's premise is that they go through a coup of the Earth's government, Q-shoe. and I want to say four minutes. Before introducing the Gote 13. Yeah, I cannot stress enough um, just how little time this show wastes uh, getting to uh, the meat. Uh, it, it, in fact, it is so quick to do so that it seems to forget that you kind of need an entire arc or so. Eight episodes, let's say. Uh, before you get to the show, this show gets to within the first two um, honestly, within the first 20 minutes. And there's this point in the second episode that's very emblematic of this, right? When after, you know, like screwing around with the assassin sent to kill him for a couple of minutes, we are immediately introduced to, um, I called this moment attack of the character designs. Yep. Um, because immediately we were introduced to this council of 10 and they're all, yeah, they're the Gote 13 from Bleach for all intents and purposes. Just these ten powerful orders, and they serve him now. And they all have names and powers and backstories um, and, you know, personalities. And it's the second episode. Um, and here they are now. I hope you enjoy them. Here's what it's like to see all these fucking designs just leaping at once. The next time you are in a library or a bookstore or a physical place that sells books when the world exists again, I want you to go to a discipline you know nothing about and find the thickest textbook on that topic and open like halfway through and try to just process that shit in 40 seconds. That's kind of what it was. uh, That's not a bad analogy. I am... You will feel your brain go through a seg fault. If you don't know what a seg fault is, Big Order now expects you to know what a fucking seg fault is. I want I want to go back to the whole there should have been an arc that happened before this because there really fucking should have. Because you've got this whole fucking premise and this world that is only half built. And if you spent, yeah, I want to say an arc or so building this world, maybe building the relationship between these two main characters. Uh, AG is the first one, the second one is the assassin sent to kill him. So, an assassin sent to kill him, right? You know, if you gave us a, a few episodes for, you know, them, you know, navigating, A, their, you know, kind of complicated, admittedly very stupid relationship, you know, Incredibly. and B, navigating the, uh, you know, the world that they live in, that you're trying to, you know, 
build and have this whole take place in. Maybe, right? I could have bought the introduction of, you know, the attack of the character designs. Like, Demon Slayer, right? We actually got the attack of the character designs, you know, like, they all fucking showed up at once. Um, After a couple of them, admittedly, had been introduced here and there uh, throughout the series. But at that point, you had sort of gotten to live in that world for long enough where, you know, when a whole bunch of demon slayers who are, you know, understood to be like the best of the best demon slayers, them showing up doesn't feel like you're, you know, sort of having information shoved down your throat and told to swallow. It's more that um, it's like, okay, yeah, all right. So these are like, these are the top of this organization. I get that because like you understand the organization, right? You understand this world. You understand who these people are and what these people do. And it's like the 20th episode, right? Instead of the fucking second of the, I almost wonder if this show is the victim of not only cocaine, but just a seasonal format. They had all the source material. They didn't know they're getting a second season. They want to get all their shit in. The base material is already insane. They're clipping through it at an insane pace. Now there are just no no transitions. Yeah, and like at the end of the premises. second episode, they they decide that we're going to take over the world. We're starting with Kyushu. We have already taken over the island. No, uh, no need to thank us. Uh, and then we're doing Japan next. Episode three. The Prime Minister of Japan kidnaps the entire families of everyone in the Gote 13, Big Ten, whatever the fuck, uh, and executes them in front of our hero. Because, okay, so I guess this, he's psychotic or something. Scene we're, in this, by the way. And we're supposed to just buy, like, oh yeah, the world's fucked up. So is the Prime Minister of Japan. Like, no, dude. No, I don't buy that. <laughs> I have several serious questions. Like, I'm, I'm just sitting here not suspending my disbelief, and you're trying to put that shit on me? Fuck you. Excuse me, sir. Uh, tonally, you are severely underrating the amount of laughter we did. Like, that scene <laughs> brought joy and light and warmth to my heart in a time where I needed it. Like, Seth, it's true. There's, a, there's times, a chance I'm being a little bit disingenuous. When we all want to imagine a better world, don't we need Big Order? Don't we need Lady Gaga? Don't we need a live-action version of Big Order where Lady Gaga plays an assassin sent to kill you? <laughs> That's my fucking pitch, everyone. It's uh, she's, she's definitely... I do not think that she is on my short list, but you know what? Shine on, you crazy diamond. Um, I... We should talk about the Prime Minister of Japan scene. Uh, because it's less a scene and more just a whole it, fucking it's sequence. It's an experience. It takes up the bulk of the third episode. All right. Because the, the whole thing is... The last two minutes of the second episode, we are introduced to the Big Ten or whoever the fuck their names are. Yep. Uh, you know, and their fucking character designs. And... They say, oh yeah, we're gonna take over the world. And this, uh, this fucking kid, Eiji, is like... Cool. Let's fucking do it, guys. Um, I think he goes through about, I want to say, 45 seconds of resistance. Like, it exists. Does he? Okay, maybe he does. I'll take your word for it. You've seen this Well, not twice. so much of conquering the world, but to being their puppet. There's this weird push and pull thing where they have forced him into the position of representing their world domination scheme. It makes less sense the more I try to think about it. Or explain it to well, you. Well, especially because he doesn't seem to have any sort of problem with that. So, right? There's no 
conflict it's whatsoever. It's why I think He's... if you like Big Order, you might be a higher form of life. You just understand things that I don't. It's... Because the thing is, um, there's there's no fucking tension. His his fucking power to you know just control whatever. And oh yeah, no he like if, if this ever reminds you of Code Geass, uh, strong then, vibes. Yeah, that's what they're fucking aping. So um, and like he even has like a little thing that fucking glows whenever he uses his power. Except it's on the palm of his hand instead of his eye. Um, you know they Code Geass wanted to eat Blaze Blue. Ish. There's like a. There's something else in there too. I mean JoJo, but uh <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole like drama removing superpower that he has where, you know, like in 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 Code GS, right? And I reexamined that show. I went back and watched it again, mm-hmm. and it's a supremely dumb show um to its credit often. Uh but what it does is it gives, you know, the main character this power and it sets limitations and it puts him in positions where, you know, he has to fucking think for a second in order to use it. Um, in here, it just doesn't seem like that. You just sort of point him. It's just in, a button that says you, win. Like every time something is you, stressing him out more than, I don't know, jogging down the street, he can just press you, the win button. You point him at a situation and, you know, just kind of set a five minute timer and maybe it'll take him that long to figure it out and that's the only tension is like you can just like have his stand poke some metal and say yo make that a lambo for real because the fucking stupid ass prime minister execution scene right you know the the, the premise of the scene is that the the, the depraved prime minister of japan uh, it's like i'm sure he's depraved or something whatever um has kidnapped the relatives of everyone yes. in the big ten yes. and has this fucking sword guy so. go around executing them um on television and you know like this is being this is on, like you played on the streets yeah this is like yeah exactly like and this is being played to, you know, the populace of Japan who are fucking cheering for it because... Which adds okay. all kinds of humor value. Um, it, it does. And it does nothing for the world building, uh, though that was sort of the idea I get. Or that that's what I'm sort of getting was the idea. Uh, it does absolutely nothing for the world building. It just, um, it just pulls me further and further out of this. Uh, makes me... Makes me more and more aware that what I'm watching is something that is not happening and would never happen um, under any circumstances, even if, you know, all of these fantastic, you know, elements were put into play. What a beautiful uh, People don't act like this, and people would never act like but this. But the turn, uh, the prestige of this scene, if the you prestige. will, is his answer to the prime minister's depravity, in which this, this motherfucker just pulls out this gun... In the South Park's R. Kelly spectrum, I, I pull out my gun! gun! A gun that was handed to him in an equally amusing sequence, by the way. But he pulls out his fucking gun, and he just starts shooting the other members of the Big Ten in the chest. And he knows there's, that it's going to be fine, because there's no tension in this scene, or anything that happens. But it's just really funny to watch him walk up to character design to character design putting two in their chest and they fall over no blood or anything which again takes it out because this show has been the edge carnival at this point like it showed a little girl getting stabbed oh they're called the group of 10 i just scrolled down on the wikipedia page i don't care We've been so they're the group the of 10 ba- yeah i don't i really do not give a shit uh yeah the group of 10 
uh, and right? And, you know, you they, they go down bloodlessly, and they don't even let you believe for that long that he has actually capped them because one of them opened their eyes and does a hehe <laughs> just like we planned smirk, um, you know, to the camera, and I wanted to fucking slap the motherfucker through the screen. Oh, yeah, like, just in case there was a chance that you were engaging this in some sincere manner unrelated to a podcast, off they go. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wild. I love that this show existed because there are a lot of strains of bad out there, and I can at least live with the world if for every fucking assassin's pride there are these Ed Woodian projects where you know they thought it could be good. And Pederasty wasn't even on the list. Well, I guess I, actually there was a whole sister fuck there. Whatever. There, there was the maybe sister fuck thing where, you know, it care is taken to... Um, Underline that they are not blood related. The whole thing is that uh, the main character had this dying sister who still is dying. Like, she's still alive or whatever, 10 years later. So, like, okay, whatever. He should order the disease um, to stop progressing. And, and care is taken to show the viewer that they are, in fact, not blood-related. And there's, like, no reason for this whatsoever. Or rather, this could be for no other reason but that it makes, you know, the idea that he wants to fuck her, you know, slightly less creepy. So, so that's an element kicking around just in the background of this show. You know, in case you like, were starting to feel good about any like of this. Like, in case you didn't think you were um, going to get the fucking Brazzers step-sibling wind-up, low X-behold. But you are. Um, and so so that, are. that whole thing is just kind of sitting there in the background. And, like, yeah, no, she's several years younger than him, and I'm pretty sure. Um Shutter, shutter, shutter. Unless shutter, I'm shutter. remembering her. No, I don't think. Yeah, no, she is several years younger than him. So, so I guess that's our unifying theme today, everyone. Pederasty, lovely day. Whether you're a tutor um, or an older brother, what's important is for you to hit that like a meteorite. Mm. Oh my God, what the fuck happened? One thing, if I want to give this show any credit, it's that like it doesn't have now. No, never mind. I was about to give this show credit for, you know, having less than the usual amount of, oh, God, this is real fucking thin. People will notice. We might as well put some anime titties in here. Um, oh, but, but why do you think an assassin sent to kill you is here? Yeah, no, assassin meant to kill you gets, like, a fucking, like, lingerie scene in the third fucking episode. It does not even fucking take them until a fucking beach episode for... No, so, like... No, no, you don't get points. Yep, big order. Big order. Is you don't. That it has to do all the things very quickly. Even just cram the fucking classroom scene from Ava there in the first episode because, fuck you, I guess I don't know. Because fuck you, yeah, it's the only thing that people have ever fucking watched. Well, obviously no, because they have watched you know Bleach and Code Geass, obviously, and, step and uh, porn. JoJo as well. Lots of step porn uh, and step porn. I mean, all of Japan has. Yes, only Japan. I don't want to yes, hold on. Only... I don't want to generalize. I'll, the entire world has not, not slash half the in, half the people in the anime industry have. There was this one fucking thing that I wanted to just the pace at which because we we're covering material from the first three episodes, like one, two, three, sixty minutes of content, and we get all of this 
shit. Um, Dude, Sam almost like, and it's snapped not, after doing two back to back. It was fascinating to watch. And like, he just was not out of paced shit. Well. Yeah, that's the thing. I was concerned. I was legit concerned that if we paused, I was going to break my fucking neck from the whiplash. That's how fucking breakneck paced. I mean, like, that's why they call it a fucking breakneck pace. Except it didn't work. It just made me feel confused and exhausted as I was going through yeah, it. Yeah. Um, if I were um, to uh, Corey Graves and bring in the color commentary here, in every fucking carnival in America, they sell this stock machine called the Mind Scrambler. Mm-hmm. And boy, I feel like someone just strapped me upside down to the Mind Scrambler or the Gravitron. Or just strap me Ooh, upside like down the to the, the side of a truck and ask me to recount what I had seen from my perspective. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad I had you here to help me because I'm not sure that I could do it alone because Christ, this show was a lot. We're a good tag team, Sam. We can survive all kinds of pain. And pain makes you feel fucking alive, doesn't it? I mean, until you die from it, sure. <laughs> Man, nothing that happens to the main character in either show really feels like it hurts them, does it? Like, they no, just glide because along. And it's weird because the the guy in the first show loses a fucking arm for a second. He's a vampire. He just stitches that shit back on. I uh, I remember like shouting chimichangas at the scene <laughs> at the show, just like just like ah oh, chimichangas. Chimichangas, none of this uh, matters. Think... Fuck you. Uh, and I think that's that's sort of become my yeah my little shorthand for, you know obviously, the character is in no danger. There's no tension. I don't care. Chimichangas. Um, oh, Deadpool. Have I shot on Deadpool on this show? Oh yes, yet? extensively. I feel we like went, I have. It was basically half of our April Fool's Day thing last year. Okay, sure, cool, fine. So I like I I don't need to um I don't I don't need to go on. Fine. Um. I'm not sure what else there is to say. But I'm sure there's tons else to say about this, but nothing that I can really think of right now um, or have thought of. Uh, did you have anything else? I just have one simple message. Sure. If you or a loved one have found yourself watching Assassin's Pride at length, there's help. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. By the way, have you seen that thing I've been doing where I've just been putting a joke in the, um, after the episode? Unfortunately, usually that is where I turn off the episode is when the end So will 98% of our fans, but now 2% have an expectation.